Good evening and welcome to Nightcaller's Bigfoot Radio. You are here with your hostess, Lauren Smith. And tonight I have a very special guest, Jonathan Odom. He is the founder of the Alabama Paranormal and Bigfoot Research Organization. Uh, but before I bring him on, I wanted to let you guys know I am so happy to be back. I'm back on air. I will be having a show every other week. And I welcome your suggestions on what guests you would like me to have on. Um, also, just a few housekeeping items. My website, nightcallersproductions.com, is back up and running, and it will be updated shortly with new affiliates and partners. Um, in the meantime, between my shows, don't forget to go check out my affiliates shows, which are Weird Realities. You can check out their webpage as well as their Facebook page. They are doing things all the time, all kinds of new things, so go check them out. Also check out Beaverhook Productions. Logan puts out amazing content that you have to hear to believe. Um, and also Bigfoot Society podcast. So um, there's plenty more on there you guys can go check out. Tonight we are live on Facebook and YouTube. So be sure if you have a question for the guest to type it in all caps and I'll get to it as soon as I can. Sometimes it gets a little busy. Um, please keep it clean, be nice. If you can't be kind, then kindly shut up. So without further ado, I'm going to bring on Jonathan. How are you doing tonight, sir? I'm good. How are you doing tonight? I am fabulous. It's a great day to have a great day. Yes. It was 70 degrees in Alabama today. Oh, my and gosh. Yesterday, it was in the 30s and 40s. And I'm like, wow, welcome to Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's been the same here. Um, yesterday, I had my, all my windows open, and I was wearing shorts. And then today... It was one of those, it was one of those Southerner days where it's like, you have to say it and you just can't stop yourself. It'd be nice if the wind wasn't blowing. How many times I say that? <laughs> yeah. And then when I'll, I'll go, I'll look on a topo map, wanting to scout an area with, with stuff. And, and I'll look that day, I'll go that morning and the wind will be blowing one way and I'll get down there and it'll be like right in my face, 20 mile an hour gust. I'm like, this is Alabama. It's just the yeah. weirdness of Alabama sometimes. I get it. It's it's rough. Oklahoma, we we literally are the windiest state. It. <laughs> I, I try to tell people. Um, I have a friend from Washington, and he was like, "Oh, you couldn't handle the winters here. They're brutal." And I'm like, "It it gets it, it might get down to like 30, 20, you know, in the 30s and 20s here, and it'll be okay until the wind blows, and it will cut right through you. So, basically, in the winter in Oklahoma." If the temperature, whatever it says, it's actually 10 degrees below that because of wind chill, right? Yeah. And then in the summer, it's the opposite. Whatever the temperature says, it's 10 degrees above that. So, and, you know, the Trail of Tears with the Native Americans, you know, when they got to Oklahoma, like you said, the wind, people don't mm -hmm. realize that wind is cold. That's a whole different. So, I don't even be one bit, Lord. That's a cold, cold. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty bad. Um, but, and, and in the summer, it like bakes you, it's rough. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and get going because I know you have a lot to tell me. And let me just make sure I'm not missing anything. All right. Welcome to the chat, everybody. I am so excited to have all of you here. You guys go ahead and show some love for my moderator team that have stuck with me through thick and thin um, trolls and everything else. Go ahead and show them some love by giving a thumbs up on whatever platform you're using to listen to the show. All right, so Jonathan, how did you get involved in this topic, paranormal and Bigfoot? Uh, my, my dad was a Pentecostal minister. I uh, grew up under that, saw a lot of spiritual weird stuff. Uh, I saw a bit with Big, Bigfoot with my dad when I was pretty young. Uh, we never, it's strange, we never talked about it or anything else, and I really don't understand why we didn't. Uh, that's how I got interested in Bigfoot. The paranormal, I just always really was a part of and believed in and saw a lot of different weird stuff you know the thing with the bigfoot stuff is i had a great i had a man that's in the bigfoot community asked me a couple of weeks ago he was like you know why didn't y'all discuss the big seeing the bigfoot and i don't know if it's because if it messed with his theology or what but it was it was very odd that we never spoke we both saw it at the same time and that's kind of where i, I got my start with bigfoot and then i had a career in the government and i got to a place where i could retire and stop doing that and then i said you know hey let's just i saw a creature over by chinnabee uh like 10 years ago 
the first one I've seen and uh, the first one I saw, I've seen six or seven since then. And after that, I was like, you know, I want to find out more about this. I have the time and the resources just to just devote it to it. And right. so that's kind of how I fell into it, you know? You know, I, I always tell people because a lot of people, whenever they hear the statement, I've seen such and such number and it's more than one or two, they're yeah. like, oh, they're lying. <clears throat> and I'm like, you know, if you think about it, so my mom, for example, my mom, she has been doing this for 20 years. Yeah. So if you take all the amount of time she's been in the woods over 20 years or even 10, like in your case, if you go out, let's say 12 times a year for 10 years and yeah. you've had that amount of sightings versus mm -hmm. how many times you've been out and haven't had sightings, yeah. um, people need to put that into perspective and say, you know, yes, one sighting is a lot for me. Um, but if you're diligent and you go to the same areas, especially, or, you know, you're, you're diligent and you go out just over and over, over consistently, then you can have that success that you're having and you can get to that body count. You know, and, and what's weird about it is, I mean, I mean, I go out three or four times a week, an hour or more, sometimes eight hours, like tomorrow night, we're going out 4.30, we'll be out for one or two. And then I'll leave my thermal out on a battery pack just filming all night and I'll go back the next day and get it. Mm -hmm. And really what Bigfoot researchers are based on is time, time yes. driving to a place, time setting up the equipment. And now I just try to go in areas where I have a high percentage, like creepy mountain where your mom has been to fabulous area. You need mm -hmm. up there 80% chance if you've run in a thermal that you're going to get it. So what I try to do now is I do a lot of private stuff where I know there's cases there and keep my percentages up. But I still love go to the National Forest because that's where the wild things are, you know? Yeah. And and so that, that's yeah, that's how I came into Bigfoot, I guess. That's amazing. So can you can we backtrack? Can you because I also had a very weird childhood upbringing. Paranormal was normal for me and Bigfoot yeah. was obviously very normal for me. So I'm interested um, to backtrack to how the paranormal was just normal for you. Was it talked about? Was it just accepted? It was talked about. It was experienced. It was seen in a lot of Pentecostal meetings that we attended because my dad was a minister. He was evangelist for a long time. Okay. And then we had a house that uh, had some weird activity and I encountered a lot of that. You know, so it become laissez-faire, I guess. It just become yeah. normal. And it was it was not normal. It was very abnormal. I know. I get it. <laughs> I had the same upbringing, you know. Yep. Hearing oh, yeah. ghost stories or going ghost hunting, that was just not a big deal for me. Or, you know, yep. most kids grow up and they say, oh, mama, I'm scared of something in the closet. And they'll be like, oh, sweetie, it's whatever. Go back to sleep not my mom, I would be like, mama, there's something here. And she would be like, okay, and we'll take care of it. And she would start praying and she would, you know, make it go away. And um, she would bless the house. I grew up with a mom that blessed our house. Um, yeah. She, so I, I, I very rarely run into other people who have had that same upbringing and paranormal was normal for me, you yeah. know? Um, and your mom but, is so sweet. I've got to meet her and Pat a couple of months ago. I think it was this last year. I got to meet her finally. And I love talking. I can sit with her for hours. And oh, just she's, talk. She's, she's so sweet. You know? She's amazing. She's amazing. So, I mean, that's even on the paranormal front, on the Bigfoot front. She's the legend. That's just her. Yeah. She's the legend. You know, she's a 20-year female veteran of Bigfoot research. She's been through highs, lows, all in between, and yeah. um, still has the sweetest personality and still gets out there and researches. And um, you can't help but love her. And if you hate her, well, oh, what's that say about you? You know, so. But, but, but like you said, that's, uh, you know, politics is nothing when she's been through the Bigfoot world. <laughs> it is. I was, I was telling Jonathan before we went live, like, yeah. I'm so used to the, taking the high road and ignoring people smearing my name or just drama and confrontation because the Bigfoot community has, like, it's trained me to just be like, huh, there we go again. Like take the high road, do the right thing, have integrity and you'll be okay. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. sad, but it's what it is. <laughs> and I, I will, I'm one of the nicest people you'll probably ever meet. But if you push me and fuck with me, I'm going to hurt you. And it's just, yeah. God, I'm, I'm not going to fuck around. You're going to fuck around and find out. And I'm not a bad man. 
but just and I've learned that with the Bigfoot community. Most people are very nice people. You mm-hmm. just have them rare ones, and I'm just I'm not gonna put up with that bullshit. I'm just not gonna. I mean, I my time is limited by what I can do, and I want to spend my time in the woods with Bigfoot and hunting, and mm-hmm. that's what I, I try to do. You know, with yeah. a paranormal. One thing that I remember with my dad most that really made an impression on me is he had a woman in his church that we were at in Winfield that did a lot of stuff with Ouija boards and she got some stuff happening in her house. Mm-mm. And I remember daddy coming home and I was young. I was probably eight or nine years old telling us, you do not ever entertain something like that. No, and sir. Was, you know, it scared the crap out of me. And I always had a respect for that kind of stuff for what he would tell us. You know, he went in that house and something's walking up and down the hallway, walking through him, and he rebuked it in Jesus' name and it left. Mm-hmm. But do not. And so that kind of, as a kid, it kind of, you know how what I'm talking about. It kind of makes an impression of you. Know? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm still very well trained not to, I don't go seek out the paranormal. Um, whenever, you would, Randy. You would like this dude. He's awesome. Um, but whenever, um, whenever you know, people are always like, because I'm very, I'm an empath, so I'm very sensitive to spirits. Like I can sense when there's spirits around. I have just tons of paranormal activity. I all the time. It's just so normal for me. And people are like, "Why aren't you a paranormal researcher?" And I'm like, "Because," or versus a Bigfoot researcher. And I'm like, "Because when I leave the woods." Bigfoot stays in the woods. Yes, that's paranormal things go with you, and I don't want that in my house. I don't want that. No, absolutely not. So, and let me tell you, I tell tell people this a lot that I know personally. That's on Alabama Paranormal Bigfoot on the Facebook group. I tell people this a lot. There is more things in the woods besides Bigfoot. That's true. No, it's very true. It's very true. Because listen to me, I've come. I brought things home, and the lights be flickering at three a.m. And Kristen looks at me and like, "What's going on?" And I'm like. Well, we were at Horse Creek Cemetery tonight. <laughs> yeah. I go by there. Hey, listen to me. Before I leave now, you can ask Richard. He goes with me. Ex-cop goes with me all the time. I tell him, before we crank up this car, let's say, in the name of Jesus, if you're not good for us, you stay here. Amen. Yeah. I mean, I've learned that by trial and error, Lauren, and that shit hurts sometimes, you know? You know? Crazy. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I get it completely. Um, hi, Anne, by the way. Um, so I, I just, you know, the documentary don't F with cats. I don't F with ghosts. I just, I yeah, don't, that, I don't, that's I doing it. I can't believe you watched that. That's the good one right there. I remember it, that. It was a good one. Um, it was sad, but it was a really good documentary. Um, so, okay. So going back to your childhood sighting, can you tell me a little bit about that? Uh, we, we, we were coming around the corner and we were fly, uh, fly fishing for rock bass. I, I love fly fishing for rock bass and bass and stuff like that here in the south. And we come around the corner and Dad had turned the trolling motor off. And this thing was in the water about waist deep. And I don't know what it was doing. And we were gliding and it looked up and saw us. And what, what got me the most with this, and I talked to my dad a couple weeks about this, is it looked like, look, looked at us like, I don't give a shit if you've seen me or not. And he just walks up the hill. It turns one glance and walks by and w- walks up the hill. And it, we're like, and I don't know if we just, if it stunned us. Yeah. I don't know what the hell it did to us. But we didn't talk about it. And I'm like, how the, can I ask that to this? How in the hell did we not talk about that? And he says, I think we were just both shocked. You know, it could have been the case. You know, but Red Creek Lakes up there is very active. You know. And maybe if we don't talk about it, it didn't really happen. Yeah. It, it, yeah. 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 And so, if you talk about it, it makes it real. And then you have to, your brain, I mean, the human brain is notorious for kind of protecting itself, basically. Um, and it can do that so many different ways. But one of them is, we just ain't going to talk about this because then that makes it real. And I don't know how to deal with that. Or like what's happened to me many, many times is you start talking yourself out of it. You start, well, that was a bear in South Texas. It was a bear. But that happens with UFO abductions. When it happens for more than one, two people as a family, then, I mean, there's so many interesting books about that. that, But but even in a family of five, like you just said, they discount it. They talk, it was a dream. A mass psychosis, that's bullshit, you know? 
I know, I know. And that's what I try to tell people. You know, I've given a lot of speeches and presentations on um, Bigfoot stuff. And I'm like, you know, it's not just one sighting in the Pacific Northwest by some cowboys on horses. It is the entire sum of the total parts of all the sightings that makes it the phenomenon that it is. Yeah. And I'll tell you one thing that sucks about Bigfoot hunting, if I'm just could put some comedy into it. You know what sucks about Bigfoot hunting, Lauren? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> I have to drive over 30 freaking minutes to get to places. I've been praying lately. Lord, let me have somewhere close to where I live. Please. Yes. But I have friends that drive two hours, and so I'm thinking, well, no, that's that bad. But the closest place to me that I can research is at least two hours. Jeez, I'm so sorry, Lord. Ruby. The most yeah. successful place that I can drive to to research is three to four hours. God, I'm sorry for complaining, dude. Uh-huh. 30 <laughs> minutes. I would give 45 minutes on a great day <laughs> well, if I could have an area. I have one area close to me, and I've researched it. Um, a friend of mine, he he gave me a tip on it, said that there was a sighting, and I've researched it, researched it, and I've seen sign. I have not had any anything else happen. No vocals, nothing, just a few things that I've noticed that are very kind of squatchy. Yeah. But, but, but you know what? That's the name of the game. Manhunt and camping. I get, in Talladega National Forest, manhunt and camp, I get emails all the time. They've seen something there. And it, it started before I started highlighting on YouTube. So I know somewhat of it is legit. Mm -hmm. And I'll go in there and I'll spend a couple of days there and I'll come out and two hours later, I'll get a report down the road that someone saw one crossing the street, crossing the road, oh, not straight. Yeah. Holy shit! Are you kidding me? <laughs> and it's you know what it, you know what it's like. It's the frustration of yeah. the time limitation. You know. Oh, it is. It, it's really hard. You know. Um, that's why my mom. I don't think you've been to my mom's place yet, but mm -hmm. she literally can step out the door and research. She lives in the middle of the woods, and she does this. Actually, where I've had two of my most um predominant experiences have been on her porch and i'm just like why, why? <laughs> like i i have to drive two hours <laughs> you know and what really sucks about it, oklahoma and the tulsa area especially is all the really good places this i've complained so much about this and i i just i hate it all the really good places are either private land and i i'm not from this area so i don't know anyone well enough to say hey can i come bigfoot hunt on your land yeah. or it is a place where drug dealers and miscreants go to wow. do bad things and dump bodies so yeah. it's not a place that i can just go show up and holler for bigfoot it is so frustrating um so yeah half the battle is definitely finding an area but if you can find an area and go to it consistently that raises your chances of success yeah. so so much. Well, and you know, I have a friend, good friend, Mark Green. We we do. He was doing Bigfoot hunting long before I was, and he has a lot of knowledge. And he gets a lot of reports, several reports a year in downtown Silicaga. Now the city's built up, and there's a lot of drainage ditches. But it makes you wonder that if they're creatures of opportunity, are they not going to raid trash cans? And he gets three or four reports a year from there in, in the middle of town. And we sit and think and we drive around and we look at the sewage system. And you could you could come in the city without nobody ever seeing. You. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing that these creatures are that adaptive. You know? Right. Well, I mean, they're opportunists yeah for sure um and they're stealthy that's their main mo is to not be discovered by humans um but there's a actually there's a friend of mine he's a police officer and he told me a story about one that came up a creek in the middle of town and it was just it was very wooded and it came up the creek in the middle of town and that's where he had his sighting and i'm just like <laughs> you know, like, uh, but I, I mean, and I've wondered if they were behind my house. I have a big pasture behind my house, cows, there's coyotes out there all the time. Um, but I, I've been back there. I don't, I didn't see anything. I didn't see any sign. Um, okay. You know, you must never find. It's true. I will say that I'm very partial to the coyotes behind my house and I hope they don't go away because 
I have been in my home for quite a few years. And so now whenever they have litters of pups, I get to hear the pups training and it is the cutest thing. I was doing my homework one night and I heard this weird noise. I opened the window and it was the pups out there trying just, it was the cutest noise I ever heard in my life. I was like, I'm gonna go get one. And my husband's like, Lauren, just don't. I was like, Nope, I'm gonna get one. (laughs) Yeah. He talked me out of it, which I think is rude. Um, Okay, we do have a question from the chat. Mm-hmm. Um, Ann Osborne Walls wanted to know, congrats on getting nine acres, by the way, guys. That's amazing. Um, it's not letting me scroll, but she wanted to know, did Alabama Paranormal and Bigfoot used to be just Alabama Bigfoot? No. Okay. Alabama Bigfoot was started by a name, uh, Bill Smith, which is Tal Bronco, who has a book called Southern Bigfoot Files, which is a lot of primary research is in Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee. He's in Arkansas. His name is, he has another name, Tal, uh, Tal Blanco, I think. And back then there was another guy named Mike, I forgot his last name, but they were Alabama Bigfoot way before I was. And they did some phenomenal research. I've been able to find some of their files on the Wayback Machine. So no, they were the first Alabama Bigfoot. Great guys. I talk to Mr. Mr. Smith all the time. He lives in Arkansas. One of the OG Bigfoot hunters that knows his shit. I've asked him yeah. questions and he answers them without question. I'm like, holy shit, you know? Oh, he sounds like my mom. So, so, <laughs> that's a question. Yes, there was Alabama Bigfoot some more before me. Okay. Yeah. Great group. Great people. Okay. And then there's one. <clears throat> Sorry. Um got my moderator team is back online you guys it feels so good to have y'all back i'm just i'm so excited i'm so thankful for them okay um somebody wanted to know what is the creepiest place you have ever been and why well in collins that's a hard one there's a bunch of creepy places in the forest okay the place i get most reports is uh 529 up in near heflin alabama sweetwater lake and it's so dark out there. You can drive 30 minutes and you're not going to see a town or a house or anything else. So there, the light pollution, there is none out there. So the stars just hang, basically. Uh, so over by Sweetwater Lake, when I, and whenever I take people there, the Bigfoot would throw rocks. And I'm not talking about, like, baby rocks. I'm talking about big rocks because you can mm-hmm. see them coming in the dark. And with the thermal, they'll pop in the water. Every time I've talked grown people there, they throw rocks. But there's a road that's close to that area. It's called 529. Uh, on my YouTube page, I have an audio recording that I took off of 529. And I'm sorry, Lauren, I should have told you that about this before. Sorry. The YouTube on the YouTube my YouTube channel, there's an audio recording. There's a woman screaming. Now I have audio recorders out there, 12 months out of the year, every day of the every day of of the year and what i'm doing is i'm getting the sampling of the area because i know there's bigfoot in the area and so i can tell you about when they're going to start hollering when they're there but the problem is it don't open up till till deer season so i had to go back there and uh, hike back there so it's a long hike mm-hmm. so on one of my recorders last year i've got this woman screaming it's on my youtube channel i can't remember what recording it is it's several months back but this woman is screaming bloody murder i mean she's something that's happening to this person and i took just a little clip of it because it's pretty horrific and i give it to the rangers and in that one little area we've had three people last three years just completely missing two of the people i've come up on the camps and i've documented on youtube it's a freaky just a freaky place now this year I've got several Bigfoot reports from big from uh, four wheel drive troops with jeeps. They'll have five or six jeeps, and they go down five twenty nine. And most of them, the reports I've been getting here the last couple of months is that like their car, their vehicles will stop in this one area. And I've been on five twenty nine. I've been all over it. And it's just an odd area. And so that's probably the creepiest place because it's just, you can be there in broad daylight in the summer and it's just creepy as hell. You know, I don't know. It's just the odd vibes. Does that make sense? No, it does. It does. Um, I've been to places like that and um, the dead end by Boykin Springs. That's one of them. Um, The old sawmill. I could not wait to get out of that area. It's just, mm. Just, I didn't like it. I didn't like it either. I've been there a few times. I didn't like it. Um, so 
I there was another question from Jonathan Dodd. I'm gonna see if my moderators grab that for me. <laughs> but it's amazing. There, but you know, I can go in other places in the forest and I'm completely just an amazing calm. And then others, like in Hollands, the darkest place in Alabama is in Hollands, Alabama. And I don't know why that dark there is different than the dark in the town in the forest because. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. The thermal cuts it, of course, it is night vision, but with your naked eye, it's like, holy shit, this is really dark, you know? Yeah. No, I, I've been places like that for sure. It's just dense. It, you want to attribute it to being more dense, but it's just oppressive. Is that, the, is that yeah. a good word? Yeah. Now, yeah. When, I, when I have been in Holland and it's been in the middle of July, hot as shit, sweating like a pig. I walk down the Forest Service Road because the gate's up. And I get back there, and it's 98 degrees. It's Alabama humidity, and I'm pouring sweat off every part of my body. And all of a sudden, I go through a cold space. And I sit there, and this whole little 10-foot area is cold as shit like it's air conditioner. And then it moves and disappears. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? But it's like, and so it, may, it, it makes you wonder, Lauren, if, is there portal? Is there is there weird? And I know there's weird shit in the wood because I experience it all the time. Mm -hmm. But it makes you wonder what is it, what it is, you know? Yeah, there's definitely times in the woods where I have felt a like an oppressive presence. I've felt I always attributed it to like infrasound or something because it would cause me to just like fight or flight would kick in for no reason. Um, you know, you, you just can't explain it. Um, so I wanted to ask, what was, can you tell me about your most, I want to say your most significant Bigfoot encounter, your most significant sighting where whatever that means to you, if that means you got to see it for longer, it was a pure daylight sighting. Um, what was your most significant encounter that stands out? Uh, probably two years ago, I was, I have a good, great friend, John Church, who, who builds like jeeps and stuff, badass jeeps. So he's always wanting to. We usually go to Creepy Mountain over. The, I think your mom camped out there with Pat a couple of times, mm -hmm. and uh, went out there with him. He had this new jeep, so we were in this jeep. We went to this. It went to Creepy Mountain, and in Creepy Mountain, there's a certain place you can get when you come on the club. It, the temperature changes in the world. It seems like it gets odd. It's like a switch goes off, you know. Mm -hmm. And so we had went to this one area, and he had got this new Jeep, and I was going to go out. So I got out of the Jeep, and I got in front of it, and I was going to check to see how deep it was, if it really bothered the Jeep then. And I come to the Jeep, and I start to get in, and I open the door with my right hand, and I look, and there's a creature standing right there, just, it's about 7'2", and it was so big, it was like a, I, it looked like a wooden Indian. And I was like, you've seen the wooden Indians and cigar. Mm -hmm. I'm like, holy shit, what was that? And it looked at me, and then it turned and walked the fuck off and just went off in the pines. And I'm like, and John was like, Jonathan, Jonathan. And I'm like, hold on, hold on, Jonathan. We can start right here. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was like, and I, I've seen it several times in the daylight. Very good where I've smelled it. And then on thermal, I've got so much thermal footage of it that I, I don't publish it. You know why? Because I don't give a shit. Because no, I, no I, I don't need to prove it to anybody. But that was one of my ones because it was such a, it was five or ten seconds. It was like, holy shit. You know, yeah. and what got me most with the ones that I have seen is the eyes. The eye, You know, you hear these country boys, they're like, well, if I see that son of a bitch here in Alabama, I'm going to pow, 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 pow. And I'm not. No, like, you won't. <laughs> no, you're not. Because no, you, you look at it, you're going to think, is this human? Because if I shoot this thing, I'm I'm up shit creek. And yeah. but you know, but it's the psychology of the Bigfoot exciting too, you know. Mm -hmm. No, you're right. Uh, that was pretty much my the one that was like holy shit, you know. <laughs> yeah. Did you have any that were where you really felt in danger? Yes. This one I got on YouTube. It's on YouTube. It's called the Charge. I had one. I'd hike to this place. I mean, it took me an hour to get there, and I had been looking on the topo map because it was up on five. It was off of five twenty nine, 
There was no houses, nothing. It was rugged territory for Alabama. And it was I was not going to have self-service in a certain part of it. So it means that prior to my first life, I was prepared, but I was very worried because if something happened, if I broke a leg, then I'm fucked. I'm pretty much yeah. sorry. I can't say that. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm screwed if, if I break a leg. So I got to this place and I started having this one creature come in on and on the, it's on, I think it's called The Charge. It's on YouTube. And I had to sucker come like to where he was full body looking and he was just looking at me. And it, it scared the crap out of me at that time. And he came and I pulled my gun, shot to the left shoulder of him. And it turned around. But what scared me when it was approaching me, it was doing this to me. His, it was bearing its teeth. And I never, ever seen anything like that in my life. And I thought. And back then, I carried a knife right here. And the main thing I carried a knife for was, you know, if a pig attacked me or something, I could stab it. But I thought, you know, I'm just going to eat my big foot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my ass whooped. Oh, <laughs> my God. I I can survive it, you know? So, yeah. No. I get it. There's a few times, you know, I'll walk off all big and bad into the woods, no headlamp. Man, I'm just, I'm here. I got this. And... It never fails. They can sense that, I think. And I have, I've been spooked a few times, but it wasn't even by a sighting. It was, they would decide they want to throw something at me and have it land right next to my foot. And of course, you know, I'm not, I'm not, um, military. I'm not trained to, <laughs> to not skitter backwards like a little girl. So I usually skitter backwards like a little girl and, uh, or, as one of my researchers found out, um, I will climb them like a tree to get away from whatever is by my foot. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought I'd be that person, but I sure am. Um, Collins in the dark is like that. I mean, I'll have the thermal on and people don't realize when you use a thermal after an hour, it kind of burns your retinas and you can't see shit. So when you take yeah. the thermal down, yeah. you're, you're I mean, night blind. Yeah. Right in front of me. And you yeah. were, yeah, it's like I hate that. That same researcher that I climbed, like I, I pulled him in front of me like a human shield. I felt so bad. Um, I he every time we went out, he was on audio and he would put me on on visuals, and I'm like, I hate it. I hate it because I can't see, and one eye is ruined, and so I switched to the other eye. That was ruined. I I can't stand night blindness. I can't stand it. So, um, usually I would try to get someone else to come with us, and I would, you know, let them do that, and then I would just use all my senses. So. It's frustrating. Do we got time for a creepy story? Well, of course. Okay. Horse Creek Cemetery, the cemetery has little houses built over them, and you can Google this. Horse Creek Cemetery, Alabama, so you can find it. No, I ain't telling you a bullshit story. So they have these little buildings over the little graves because this man's daughters died in the cholera outbreak, right? Mm-hmm. I've got thermal there of my buddy putting his hand through a spirit right there. And I need to publish it on my paranormal big, but it's pretty badass. But I was out there one time. It was getting dark. It was dust. I was out there by myself. The road had washed out, so I had to hike in a mile. So you're a mile back. I have my backpack. I have my emergency shit. I have a candy bar, plenty of water. And if, I'm, if I have to, I can stay out there. So... I'm out there, and it got dark on me faster than I realized. I'm like, holy shit. Because I didn't bring a flashlight that day. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, holy shit. The one thing I should have brought, but I didn't. I wasn't thinking I was trying to get out there after work. And so I'm out there, and I'm thermaling, and I'm, I'm hearing weird shit, but it's not coming on the thermal. And you're like, fuck. You know, and you're, you're, you're spinning around. You're like, what the? You're noticing the patterns of the trees. You notice what patterns out. And so I put my thermal down, Lauren. And I hear something say, Jonathan, I shit you not. I heard it again. Jonathan. And immediately that third time, I said, in the name of Jesus, please, whatever this is. Because I couldn't see nothing. And And then after that, I left. And that's one of the times I had a lot of shit happen at the house. Because I didn't say, hey, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood on this car. We're here. But it's weird how... You go out for a Bigfoot hunt and something paranormal happens. You know? No, uh, that and and they're they're interchangeable. Like it happens a lot more than people think. And yep. it's funny because ever since the the woo community has started speaking up, and ever since um, uh, some of the older legends in the Bigfoot world have started 
giving less of a shit and coming forward with their woo experiences. Yeah. Um, we're getting a lot. So when I, when we first started night callers, um, I, I remember vividly one of my co-hosts threatened to quit because we had somebody on who was talking about the woo. Mm. They were talking about cloaking and he threatened to quit. He was so mad. And so we wouldn't, we would ask, um, have you ever had any encounters, uh, Bigfoot encounters that may or may not have involved paranormal or UFO type things? We would ask it very carefully. Um, and not a lot of people would fess up to it. Now, when I ask that, almost every single time I get an affirmative on one or the other. And I'm just like, you know, I, you can, you can diss the woo all you want, but more and more people are having encounters that involve some kind of hinkiness that is not straightforward and not easily explained. Yeah. Well, in a, in a Talladega National Forest off of 529, another, another instance, 529, I was out there. There was a lot of little, there was a little slot canyon and on the Topo Mounts, it shows up the, where the stream is about a foot wide. So in Alabama, that's a slot canyon. So I was down there one time and there's a lot of homeless people in the town of National Forest. People don't realize this. Mm-hmm. So I turned around one time and I saw this guy behind me and I'm like, okay, now, but motherfucker, we just, just have a problem, a real bad problem. Because you, I don't know who you are. There was no car parked where I, my truck was. Right. And so I had my gun. And so I used my thermal and during the day, just like I do anytime else. And I'm thinking, I'm going to get this stuff. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him on thermal because he ain't going to hide from his thermal. And I backed around, went up the top of the mountain and came back. Nobody. I'm like, holy shit. Did I just see a yeah, ghost? I mean, that, that day I walked, after I couldn't find him, I walked out. I'm like, nope, I'm done. You know, but it's just yeah. like, holy shit, here we go. We're hunting Bigfoot again and something weird happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It happens just, it, it does. It happens a lot, honestly. Um, and a lot of the, um, there's been so many times that we've heard um, of Bigfoot making, vocals that sound like human language or are saying names, right? So my mom has a recording of something outside of her window, which is where we would have a creature come up quite a lot. Um, And her audio, it says cookie. Like it says her dog's name because she would always cookie, you know, yell for the dog. Um, And it's just, I've always wondered, was that paranormal versus... Yeah. a creature trying to say it yeah. um okay so we have a few questions i would like to get to real quick elizabeth wants to know have you ever researched in louisiana no but i would always uh, <laughs> i tell people if you ever invite me i would love to come <laughs> you, you know go find the rougarou <laughs> yes I, you know and you know the guy there was a guy that did the documentary in the 60s i think a couple years before bigfoot i think where he had the honey island monster I would love to take my thermal in that whole area. So I would love, yeah, I'll take an invite anywhere. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, come on over to Oklahoma. I'll drive mm-hmm. you three hours away from wherever I live. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, Doug Miller, that is a really great point that coon hunters are a great untapped resource for Bigfoot yes. encounters. Absolutely. It's Mark, Absolutely. who my good friend in Silicon that I know, he, he's a coon hunter. Oh, yes. That's. Yeah, because if you don't have a coon hunter that hasn't seen something, I don't know if they're actually coon hunter or not. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know what you mean. Okay, um, Doug Miller also wanted to know, what kind of relationship do dogs have with Bigfoot, and why won't 90% not want anything to do with Bigfoot? Well, I think they just don't want to be dinner. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think they can sense an apex predator. Oh, yeah. You know, who, who your mom and Pat go down to Florida, you know, Pat... Uh, Pat Rance has told me many stories of his big German shepherds when he's at Preview Mountain will mm-hmm. call the trailer to get away from the creatures when they come in. And I think there is a relationship. I think they're very aware. Um, a couple of months ago, me and Kristen took my dad's pop-up out in the town of the National Forest. And we pulled right up into the green field and we're sitting there. And I took my little snails when she's 14 years old. And in the middle of the night, we, my wife who hasn't seen Bigfoot herself yet, mm-hmm. heard like a man screaming out there and the dog, my little, my little dog is losing his shit. And we get up in the next morning. And so 
She's like, do you remember that? I said, I remember something about it. She says, don't worry. You got it on audio recorder. Well. No, you didn't. <laughs> who didn't have an audio recorder out that one night that my wife heard it exactly? And my dog lost it shit. Well, me. That's why. That's why you heard it that night. <laughs> so now, whenever we go camping, she's like, you got an audio recorder out? I'm like, yes, ma'am. Yes. So, because she watches me watch so much audio with the audio files with spectacle right. and all that. So, yes, there is a. There is There's, an to, to it, yes. The, so, first of all, audio is a Bigfoot curse in itself because yes, it is. when you get out the car, turn on your recorder. When you get out the car, before you get out the car, um, and the one night you don't set it out, you will get amazing activity. Okay. Um, Another thing, too, take your recorder off the top of your truck before you crank it and drive it off. <laughs> yes. oh. Yeah, that, too. <laughs> um, yes, definitely. Um a lot of uh, some of the little tips and tricks I've learned that are like common sense, but common sense ain't common. So things I've learned, don't put your recorder in the tent with you ever because it'll be <laughs> all night um, and you'll hear yourself snoring, which is never attractive. Yeah. Um, don't put your recorder like so I hammock camp. Don't put your recorder under your hammock because then you're just moving all night and you're sleeping back. Like I had to learn these the hard way because. I never paid attention to what my mom did apparently because you know i was a spoiled little legacy kid okay so um but back to the dog thing so i know growing up one of the things i one of the first things i learned about bigfoot hunting or bigfoot researching anything like that was they're around when the woods go silent whenever there's no wildlife that's how you know they're around and also our dog cookie who would always run off and do a perimeter um, she would be right up our, our butts. She would be right with us and stick yeah. very close. And that's how we knew they were around also. Yeah. Um, there's just been so many, they can sense when they're around, but there have been so many encounters of dogs being attacked. Um, the most prolific in my mind is the one, there were two bulldogs on chains and it's very graphic. Um, the creature grabbed the dog's snout and pulled it apart, pulled the dog's head apart and left the dogs hanging on the chains over the side of a fence. I mean, it was just very violent and there's not really another creature that would do that in that area, you know, bears, anything like that. It was, yeah. so it's, just, you know, dogs, if you think about it, so a Bigfoot's main objective in its entire existence is to be stealthy to fly under the radar to not be identified and dogs will give them away oh, yeah. and they will put a stop to that oh yeah well and you know like you said there's around alabama in in my pair here in palestinian around in alabama where i live there's a lot of goats come up missing too and with dogs dogs and goats and it's just i guess it's an easy food source you know but yeah they but mm, you know, I'm just, I think if you're a Bigfoot hunter, it's a good thing. But mm -hmm. it also is scary when you see that dog do that because it's like, yeah. if that dog's freaking out, what the hell? Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm exactly. You know? No, definitely. Okay. Um. All right. Let me get to some of these questions. Ha! Snoring can be cute. Just want to throw that out there. Of course. Yes. It can be adorable. Um, However, I have to say, when I camp with my mom, it's not that cute. I love you, mom. People are noisy when they sleep. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, Jay Dodd, Jonathan Dodd, my friend, wants to know, uh, where do you research and how do you identify good research areas? And, uh, yeah, go ahead with that one. I, uh, I have a lot of audio recorders out, and I have audio recorders everywhere going and what i do is when i take my audio recorders i have a good friend in north carolina bob trent who builds my audio recorders and they'll record for almost 25 26 days so i'll take them with spectrogram and i'll on audacity and i'll do the spectrogram option michael Waldy showed me that and then i'll go through a bunch of footage in a month probably two or three hours and not really miss anything and so i've got a lot of listening devices out there and i pretty much know when they're going to be calling uh when they're hollering a lot by wood mm -hmm. knocks i don't hear a lot of wood knocks and then i do a lot of private cases where there's documented cases over several years by several different generations of people 
I have several places I go like that. And I, uh, the National Forest, sometimes I just have to hike out and see if they come in. A lot of times you build a fire, they'll come in if they're close. You know, it's very, mm-hmm. simple. it's the simplest thing I've ever learned. You need to get them on thermal. Uh, I do a lot of that. I do a lot of camping with my wife. We do a lot of Bigfoot camping. Nothing ever happens. And then the one time you don't plan on anything happens, that's when it happens. You know, you can't, yes. can't script it. But the uh, yep. private places I go, and I tell everybody in the Bigfoot world, if you're nice to the people and you build a relationship with the people and you, you and you look out for their land when you're on the property, a lot of people will invite you more than you realize. You know? mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of private areas that I'm very blessed to be a part of, very honored to be a part of. Right? You're very blessed, let me tell you. Yeah. And, and you know what? I've got some good thermal from this stuff. I, I have a lot of shit I'm not going to publish. I'm not ever going to publish. I show my friends. You know, I don't have a problem doing that. But it's like these creatures are out there. I mean, today I ordered the uh, the official history of Bigfoot. It's like a thousand pages of all these newspaper articles. So, you know, I just now it's like collecting cool shit like that. You know? Yeah. No, there's so much history out there. And that's a piece that um, a lot of people don't, I I won't say like researchers know about it, but um, people, skeptics, skeptics and non-believers, they're like, oh, well, you know, there was that one sighting in the Pacific Northwest. And I'm like, actually, if you go back in history and look at any newspaper clipping that said wild man or hairy wild man, that was Bigfoot. And that was way back in the day. Um, there's, there is a lot of history. It's just, uh, putting your hands on it. And there are people, um, Emily Fleur is one of them. She is going hard into finding the history behind all of it. And I think it's amazing. The people that can take time to do that. Um, oh, yeah. you know, I'm very yeah. thankful for y'all. In Alabama, there's several stories I've chased for years. Uh, one, I have a real close friend that has been put on a property in Tuscaloosa there was an island it was called Wild Man Island in Alabama, and I've got people in the Department of the Archives in Montgomery, which is the state capital, looking for this article. And there's articles out there that's easy to provable. And that's what's crazy about it is it's just it, it's out there, you know. Yeah. And I love a skeptic. I love taking a skeptic out in the woods because as soon as they get out in the woods and get in the dark and turn the flashlights off, they suddenly they become uh, believers of everything. Then, you know, yeah. I love taking skeptics out. That's fun. Yeah. I'm glad you do. I I only take them if they're friends. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I have, I have, I take, but I take a lot of people out because I want them to experience it. it is, I'm, cl- I'm glad. I yeah. I have limited patience. Um <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um also I don't I don't know. I don't trust people. Like what if they get scared? Are they gonna like run me over? Are they gonna shoot well, me? Let me like, take, let take them. I took two men out in the woods. I've took two television crews out in the woods. And I had one last time. He was a real short guy and he had a gun. When he, when, he, when he introduced himself to me out in the woods with his group of people, he had a gun right here on his chest. And I thought, I'm going to have a problem with this guy. And this is one of two guys who did this to me in the woods. So we didn't have anything happen, and it's really quiet. So I decided to do a Bigfoot yell. I hardly ever do it. And so I did the yell. And then the coyotes kicked in. Then the creature in, the, in Holland still holler back, holler yeah. back. And I've got my night vision, and I'm turning, and this producer of this TV show has got his gun, and he's like, in the dark. Oh, no. Mm-mm. I'm like, put your fucking gun up, dude. You're going to shoot somebody. Oh, man, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm like, well, maybe they'll come in. He said, shut your damn mouth. I don't want them to come in now. And I'm like, but you waited this whole night for yeah. that. But it's funny things because people do stupid shit, you know? So. They do. Um, there was a kid that we had gone out with and he had like three guns on him and a broadsword and like it was and and so finally we had to <laughs> kind of say like we don't feel safe going in the woods with you my man like it's just it's not okay so it was um it can get a little scary when you have big bad mother truckers that <laughs> yeah. get real scared um okay so what do you think about dogmen I think it's a werewolf. Great. I am so happy to hear that. I hate anything I to do with werewolves. I'm yeah. not a fan. I've worked a case in a couple of cases where, let me just say, the things had to be werewolves and it had to be people in the community and they, the people that lived on the borders of their land 
wove stuff in the vines to keep these things out. And I'll talk to you more off the air. If you want to have another show about it, we will. But there's some, yeah, <laughs> I think it's werewolf Facebook. Yeah. All right. So uh, come back next week for part two with Jonathan about the dogman werewolf phenomena. Okay. Let me tell you something. I've, I've encountered one. One. And it was the most awfulest thing that I think I've ever felt in the woods. It, of anything I've ever felt. And I've been around some crazy shit in my life. And it was the most terrifying, demonic, straight from hell. I'm the baddest MFer in the woods. And and it was it it, it was it was a hard time. It was I, it was it was real. There's no real there's no fucking around with it. It's real shit. Real, it's real magic. I think it's real black magic. So I won't say anymore else. So it affected oh. me. It affected me big time. So that just makes me think of Skinwalkers. I don't know because I don't. I think is it Skinwalkers more magical? I think. I mean, it's black magic. It's, it's, it's of course, of course, yes, of course. Yeah, it's black magic, and and people think, oh, Skinwalkers, that's out in the desert. No, no, absolutely not. Skinwalkers is in Tahlequah, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like skinwalkers well, be over here. They're Native Americans. There be skinwalkers. Yep. Oh yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> in the woods, and a negative heat signature is if I've got it a white hot, it shows black hot, and it shows the temperature. I've got video of temperature negative sixty degrees going through the woods, and you're like, holy shit! Huh? And you send that into the thermal manufacturers, and they're like, that's impossible. And I'm like, well, here it is on video. High. But you know, I don't know. That's that's a very that's a subject that I'll talk about. But it's gonna be there's gonna be restrictions on what I talk about because of what I've seen. There's some weird shit out there for real. I get it. Um, it's freaky. I, I personally don't like any of those topics, but I will talk about them for my listeners because mm-hmm. I am the hostess with the mostest, yeah. and I will take one for the team for you people. I love y'all. Give me a like because I love y'all so much. Okay. Um. Okay. So. Um, you already mentioned that you have had six to seven sightings. So I'm going to answer that question real quick of Bigfoot. And I would like to know, yeah. So Jonathan Dodd wants to know, what is your favorite piece of equipment for investigating? What is the one piece of equipment that you can't go out without? Thermal, 100%. Because I use it during the day. I use it at night. I use it 24-7. I even have a battery pack hooked up to it so it will film 24-7 when I'm camping my feet, my campsite, the distant Democrats. So a thermal, hands down, the thermal. Okay. More money you spend, the better the thermal. But now the technology is dropping, and so it's affordable. Yeah. Thermal, number one. Yes. I remember back when, you know, my mom was first getting into this game, like the only night vision you could even get like thermal, what, but the only night vision you could get was like military grade night vision. And it was freaking expensive. I mean, like definitely over 2k, but closer to 10. Like it was, it was absolutely ridiculous back then. And I I used my thermal, you know, when I got my thermal, I've had six different thermals. This is the best thermal I've ever had. I've saved, saved up. I've traded up. And when I got my thermal, I was like, you know, the, the night I got it, I went out and I told my wife, I said, I'm going to get Bigfoot because with the thermal, Bigfoot is everywhere. <laughs> and yeah. So now I've got a lot of thermal. I've got Bigfoot thermal. Yes, I do. But I've also got a lot of rats, coyotes, coyotes. I mean, any kind of animal. I've seen mm-hmm. owls, National Geographic. But I found out the best use for it is to put it up on an area into a battery pack, do it, and let it record for 24 hours. Yeah. And you get a good sample of what's in the forest, too. I've oh, absolutely. Too. It's yeah. educational. It's educational. So leaving your audio recorder out, you can learn so much about the wildlife in that habitat. But leaving your thermal out, same thing. Um, I know uh, Michael Waldy, he had his Squatchmobile, and he had thermals set up on all yeah. four points. And we were driving and we had stopped and I think we were listening and we saw something. We saw a blip on it and it was at the right height for it to be something, a heat signature. And so if you guys know Waldy, you just know he hops out the truck and takes off into the woods. And um, it a couple of times it turned out to be an owl or something like that. But there was one time, whatever it was, it like dipped and then it just disappeared. And when he got over there, he said it was a ravine and it just, yeah, and it yeah. went off. And he said, but I didn't hear anything. Yeah. Like well, it was, 
it I, was. I haven't met Michael yet. I want to meet him one day. I, I, he sounds fascinating. I've talked to him a couple of times online. But, you know, that's what people don't realize is they'll, they'll use, like, little spider holes to their cover. And it's, I don't know, I just admire the shit out of them because they're badass animals, you know? Um, we, I mean, we've done a lot of um, experiments, I guess, with thermals, um, trying to see what kind of foliage would hide us. I've had yeah. um, Tanya Knight's son, Jesse, bless his heart. He was, he was a good guinea pig. He um, hid behind foliage. He like would barrel roll across the ground. He would belly crawl. He would cross the road as fast as he could just to see what, what it looked like, what it looked like on thermal so that we could get a good comparison. But, um, but the, again, educating yourself with what's what on, on thermal. So for us hogs, for instance, um, you know, identifying hogs, cattle, bunnies, um, and then humanoid shapes. It's just, it's really, it's handy to train yourself before you go out because if you don't, then everything's Bigfoot. Oh yeah. Cause when you, when you go through a controlled burn in that area, even after a couple of weeks and you have a tree stump that looks like a creature until you go up and just kick it in the face. And what I mean by kick it in the face is going up and kick the tree. You realize this is not a creature. This is a tree. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. You have to debunk, you know, you have to make sure you're, you know, what you got for real. So. Okay. Let me see if there's any more picture or pictures. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long day. Okay. Um, can you do a show on skinwalkers? Thank you, Brox. I can, I will do. Uh, <laughs> I had Leonard Dan. Um, he's a Navajo elder. I had him on the show twice. Oh, he's good though. I love. He's him. very good. But let me tell you, I had to bless my house so many times after that show, and I almost didn't make it through the show because I was petrified. Yeah. It's very real on tribal lands. It's very real. If you listen, so, you know, Matt Knapp and I, we, we did a show called Planet Fear and um, it's true crime and paranormal. So for the Girl Scout murders, which happened here in Oklahoma, the yeah. first episode, we did the true crime aspect where, you know, these, these sweet little Girl Scouts were murdered and they were trying to find the person. The second episode is the little known fact that Harvey Pratt, everybody knows Harvey Pratt, he was the investigator for these murders and he's native american and he encountered skinwalkers during his investigation into the murders of these little girls and he believes that the culprit was a skinwalker and so we got into it and i will tell you i thought because it had been it had been a good seven to eight years since we had done the skinwalker show with leonard dan and I was still just as terrified talking about it then. And I know that you give power to something when you fear it, but yeah. Oh, yeah. skinwalkers freak me the F out. I ain't going to lie. That's some nasty stuff. Like um, we uncovered just, we can absolutely do a show about skinwalkers. Um, yeah. I learned so much during that show, such as like, you have to kill a sibling. You have to complete this list of things in order mm -hmm. to become a skinwalker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's gnarly. Um, but yeah, I, I will absolutely do a show on skinwalkers. If you guys, yeah. if you want Jonathan back on, or if you have another guest, blah, blah, blah. Hear me yes, I, listen to me. I, like I told you today, I was going to tell you, I'm going to tell you a lot of stuff. I haven't told a lot of people. I've yeah. seen, I've seen some weird, weird stuff in the woods that I don't know. Makes you wonder, makes you wonder. And that's why with tree structures, I don't necessarily be big, Bigfoot do tree structures. Let me stir the pot a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> because, because the creature is so elusive, why is it going to let you know it's there, number one? And number two, there's other things in the woods besides Bigfoot. And, and yeah. I can back that statement up by what I've encountered. I don't believe it's Bigfoot making tree structures. I believe it's something else. But that's a whole other show. So <laughs> It is. So um, I think we should definitely have you back for a part two. Absolutely. Um, I know that we barely scratched the surface, really. Um, <laughs> you know, Lauren, I don't have a problem talking about it because it happens. I don't give a shit if people don't believe me or not. So, whatever. <laughs> uh, we have kind of a running joke about tree structures. Uh, me and pretty much all the people I research with, um, every time we see you know, like obvious nat natural formed structures were like, oh, Bigfoot did it, you know, just as a joke. Um, I think now I do believe that um, some things are formed by something out there. And I have 
I have studied it enough and seen it, seen the phenomenon enough that I believe that it is purposefully placed. Um, but I do my due diligence when I look at it. I was actually talking to Mallory about this last time she and I went hiking. I was like, you know, um, just pointing out this branch does not come from any of these trees and look over here and like, you know, just stuff like doing our due diligence and tracking down where it came from. Um, That's part of being a good Bigfoot researcher, trying to cancel it out or debunk it. Yes. Um, Alan would like for me to do a Wendigos. I will do a show on Wendigos if you guys give me a good guest to contact about that. I'm happy to do so. Um, and you guys absolutely agree to disagree on anything that you want. Just do it politely. Exactly. We could do a show on the Rugaru. I could have uh, Dr. Webcentel back on, Samuel Webcentel. He was very nice and talked about Rugaru. It's the only show I've ever done on Rugaru, by the way. That would be, that would be a very interesting one because that's such a – with the Swamp People show on TV. Yeah. They, they have to see shit that they don't talk about. They have yeah, to. there's a um, – oh, there's a show – and it wasn't swamp people. It was, it was like cops, but for the bayou. I don't remember what it was called. And I loved the hell out of that show. It was so good. But they, um, one of them called the cops, and he's like, "Yeah, the Rugaru is here." And I was just like, "Man, I was into it." <laughs> so, um, okay, Dave Rogers. Last question from the chat: What thermals do you guys use? Uh, I use AGM three eighty four twenty five SR, and it's uh, American. I mean, I think it's American Gun Manufacturers. It's a thermal that's come on the market that is just it's affordable. I, t I paid about three grand for mine, mm -hmm. but there's models coming out. The technology is coming down for the thermals, um, and I've owned FLIR, I've owned Polestar, I've owned. The, <laughs> I'm not Michael Wildy. I've probably bought. <laughs> Thermal, but I but this one it this one records, and the main thing the reason I like it is that I can put a battery pack on it and I can uh -huh. 24 hours thermal when okay. I'm and not even move it. So that's that's what I would recommend. AGM, okay, awesome. Um, Mark Green, welcome to the chat, my friend. That's very a good, good to I see need you. To have him on, he's a he he is a good friend of mine. I love this man, he's quite a, a whole bunch. So he's a good man, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so you guys go check out, like you can join the Facebook group. If you're interested in, uh, Jonathan's research style and learning more from him, you can join the Alabama paranormal and Bigfoot race group or, and, and not, or, and you can follow Jonathan's YouTube videos for more of his research and all of the things that he's talked about tonight. Um, I have those listed below and you can also find them on his Facebook page. Okay, so um, yeah, Lauren, it was an honor and a pleasure. So. Hey, I am so thankful for you coming on. It's it's been a long time coming, I will say. Um, <laughs> I know that um, a while back, Jonathan, not Jonathan, I'm sorry, uh, Jeremiah had asked. Um, he was like, I don't have anyone from Alabama on. Do you have anyone from Alabama that you would recommend? And I was like, Jonathan Odom. <laughs> He's just like. Okay. He's like, I don't know who that is, but yeah, cool. Cause he, tr he knows that I have this vast network of people and he trusts me. I don't know why, but he does. And I, um, so I, he had you on and I got this message afterwards and he was just like, that guy was awesome. And I was like, I mean, I, I don't know people that I would shout out that aren't awesome. So, you know, well, it's an honor. And, I, and like I said, I got to meet your, your mom a couple months ago. And that was so sweet. Cause I'd wanted to, Put a face to it and everything. Really you know, absolutely. And you know, um, I, I'm gonna be able to actually go out and research this year. So I have, I have to make a trip to Alabama. That's just it's where it is. There's a lot of cool city out here. I mean, it's just, uh, it's Alabama. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on tonight. I appreciate it. Um, I'm gonna say good night, and then if you'll just hold, and I will wrap up, and we can we can chat a little bit more. Okay. Okay. All right. Good night and thank you. Okay. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining tonight. Jonathan was an amazing guest and I definitely will have him back for a part two. I did want to let you guys know about a couple events that are coming up that I wanted to shout out real quick. The Oklahoma Bigfoot Symposium. It's put on by the MABRC. It's in Stillwell, Oklahoma. It is March 12th through the 13th. 
Night Callers will be live on scene doing live interviews all day. So I believe one of the guest speakers is Ken Gerhard and Stephen James. Um, both are very knowledgeable folks. There will be vendors and then there's also a bouncy house. So you guys come check it out. You can go to the Oklahoma Bigfoot Symposium website and you can check it out there. Also the Falk camp out. So I have had a lot of you asking about that. So this year I will not be hosting the Falk camp out, but I will be attending. So I'll actually get to sit down and enjoy myself and have a great time this year. Um, and I look forward to seeing you all there. So Keith is still putting on this event and Osborne Walls is helping him with it this year. And that will be the first weekend of April. So that would be April Fool's Day. I cannot think of a better day to have a Bigfoot sighting. Um, so you guys, the event is on Anne's page. And I have also shared it on the Night Colors page. So you can go click it and let us know if you're going. Again, it is primitive camping. However, the showers and bathrooms are done. They're complete. So you guys can take a shower. <laughs> I'm really excited about that. Um, there will not be vendors this year it's going to be an honest to God camp out. And so we can just hang out, have a good time, network, swap stories and learn all about the Falk monster. So those are the two events I would like to give a shout out to today because I'm part of them and you guys stay safe, be kind, and I will see you guys next time.